Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. The more miracles Jesus did, the harder the Pharisees' heart got. In fact, for many of you that have been studying along with us on Sunday morning and looking at the book of John, we remember that Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead was the straw that broke the camel's back. They said, now we got to kill him. And you know, and we got to kill Lazarus too. Uh, we can't have a living example of God's power walking around. So we got to kill Jesus and we got to. And here's these religious leaders sitting around plotting people's death. You don't think religion can be dark? This is why Jesus was saying, walk in the light. If your thought patterns are taking you down a sinister road, hey, we're probably on the wrong road. Maybe we need to think about where we're going And do my thought patterns, do I see it the way God sees it? Now, what do you do when they don't? It's called repent. This is where you say, Lord, I'm sorry for stinking thinking. I'm sorry that I allowed my thought patterns to move outside of the parameter of what you have for me. See, if the Pharisees had thought, who else can raise people from the dead you would think they would have said, well, maybe we can't accept him as Messiah, but there's certainly a lot more to this person than we think. But their hearts were so hard, Jesus said they were in darkness, and when you're in darkness, you stumble. He blinded their eyes. Oh, what a mean God. He blinded their eyes. No, wait a minute. How did he blind their eyes? He did miracles. And the more miracles that Moses did, that Jesus did, that Paul did, that Peter did, the harder their hearts got against them. You don't think people see the miracles that God has done in your life? You are a living example of God's power in a world that doesn't know him. You think about that for a minute. People see you and they know what you were. And they know what God has done with you. You see, that's pretty neat, really. It doesn't mean that you always hit it every time out of the park. But it does tell them that there's something more going on in you than used to be. We're going to read about that more in just one second as we finish this chapter. These things, verse 41, Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. This was speaking prophetically for Isaiah, knowing what Messiah would do. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not want to confess him, lest they would be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. This is always a dangerous thing. Never, never play to the crowd. The crowd is wrong. You just got to remember that. Yeah, well, he's so cool, man. He's hip. He's with the in crowd. Run from that person. I was talking to John uh, 
in our fellowship here that works for CSN. He said he went to a church and this minister said, face it, to be a Christian ain't cool. He's right. In the world's view, being a Christian, they will call you square, part of the Victorian age, part of the unenlightened uh, a generation, as they ram their lives into the dirt. Take a look around them. Do you see the people who live after the world as shining, sparkling examples of what you would want to be? No. I look at them, and I, 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 you, you see people that sometimes are some of the most well-liked, funny people in the world, and they kill themselves. And you think, what's that all about? I, I thought, here's a person that has a popular movie career, and they're a, a stand-up comic, and they, they have all the laughs and the jokes, and they're loved by everybody, and they voice over cartoons and all these things, and then they kill themselves. What's wrong with that? There's more to life than what you see. And Jesus said, when you walk in the light, you will see things you did not see in the world in the darkness. Then Jesus cried out. Verse 44. He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. He who sees me, sees him who sent me. By the way, isn't that cool to know Jesus is the express image of the Father. Now, why is that important? Let's look at this real quick. In the book of Genesis, God would come and walk with Adam and Eve, who he created in the cool of the evening, and have conversation with him. You know, God would come and talk to his creation. Isn't that cool? I mean, hey, God, what's beyond the stars? Well, I'll tell you what's beyond the stars. I mean, they could talk to God. And when they sinned and were removed from the Garden of Eden, and that cherubim was sent uh, by the gate to keep them from going back into the garden and eating of the tree of life, in that lost condition, that fellowship was broken. Well, man missed that. Prayer pretty much was one-sided until Jesus came. And the Bible says that he will communicate with us. He'll talk to us. He'll encourage us. That's why when you spend time alone with God, please say what you want to say to God and then wait upon the Lord. I'm being very careful with my words. Let me say it so that Mike Kessler can understand it. When you go and pray, say what you want to say and then shut up and listen for God to talk. He will. He'll remind you of things you forgot. He'll put people on your mind and on your thought patterns that you hadn't thought about for years. God communicates to those that he loves. But usually I'm so busy. Well, you know, God, there's this problem and there's that problem. And all of my political scene is really bad. And God says, shh, be still. Know that I am God. Well, look what it says. Restored communication with God. He who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as light into the world that whosoever believes in me would not abide in darkness. Now the word abide there means live in. That doesn't mean that occasionally, friends, we as Christians don't take a walk on the dark side. This is what called sin. 
And this is where John, in the epistles of John, chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1, he says, But my little children, if you sin, if you get into that darkness thing, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Christ Jesus. You have an attorney that's going to fix the problem. I like that. You know, a lot of religions point out all the things wrong we all do. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But it's only Jesus that says, not only will I forgive you, and, re- and cults offer a way of forgiveness. Go out and burn so many incense sticks, or say so many Hail Marys, or do something you got to do, wear blue, crawl up the Sistine Chapel on the stairs on broken glass on your knees. Something will go bury yourself out in the desert till only your head's sticking out. That'll purify you. What does the Bible say? If we confess our sins, he's faithful, just, forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, case closed. That's all there is. I I didn't have to do mantras. I didn't have to do anything. See, not only does our God point out what we did wrong, not only do our God shows us what the antidote is. So far, you'll find cults will do this. They'll tell you who their idea of God is. They'll tell you how you get right with God by burning incense and whatever it might be. But only our God fixes what's wrong. They offer, you study study, uh, uh, foreign religions. You might get forgiven if you burn enough incense, but they don't ever explain that our God fixes us. And friends, I need to be repaired daily. Fix or repair daily, that would be me. Why is that? I break. Sometimes I'm doing good. Sometimes I don't do good. I need to be repaired daily. Question, if you're not a Christian listening to this this morning, you're not a Christian who fixes you when you break. Because you're going to break. I promise you. You're going to break. If you don't break today, you'll probably break tomorrow. And if you don't break tomorrow, I guarantee you by the end of next week, something will break in your life. What fixes you? I need to know that. I need to know the source of my help. The Bible says, he who abides in me. That's what I want to do. That doesn't mean I always do it. But this is where we have an advocate with the Father, which is Christ Jesus. And if anyone hears my words... Verse 47, and does not believe, notice this. I love this. Friends, are you ready for this? Hold on to your car keys. This is going to be a giant revelation. It's important. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. No, that was left to the, so to speak, religious people. They're the ones that are always out judging everybody. Isn't it funny that Jesus didn't judge the world, but people take it upon themselves that they feel now they're the judge, the jury, and the hangman for you? Well, did you see what they did? I can't believe what they did. And then, okay, let's shift gears. Let's go from, let's go from being a judge to mm, gossip. And so now, I'm not only the judge, jury, and the hangman, I'm also the news media. Let me tell you what they're doing. Now, we're in second gear, rolling down the bumpy road to hell, okay? Now, 
I'll tell you, they don't like the ride, but they'll give you some shock absorbers for the ride. Now we're getting ready to shift into third. And what's that? Well, that's when it's self-exaltation. And I'm not like them. You see, when you really know Jesus, you really know what you are. That's why you won't see big billboards in town with my picture on them. That's why most churches that love Jesus don't do that either. Because, friends, it's not about a person. It's about Jesus. Oh, if you don't get anything else out of the message today, it's about Jesus. Men will let you down. People will fail you. Keep your eyes on Christ. Paul said it like this. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Everybody goes, well, there's an example for you. No, that's not what he said. He said, follow me what? As I follow Christ. Paul realized that he wasn't only, but when you see me doing what Jesus wants me to do, do that. When you see me doing something that Jesus doesn't want me to do, don't do that. Why is that? We're all sinners saved by grace. Always remember that. We are not the judge. Jesus didn't come to judge. I don't want to supersede Jesus. Well, Jesus, you know, I know you couldn't judge. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm here. <laughs> you, know, you know, the Bible, when it talks about judgment, it says, when you judge, judge a righteous judgment by the fruit, not by failures, not by the way they're dressed, not by the church they go to. Let's look at this. He who rejects me, verse 48, does not receive my words. Has that which judges him, that the word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I would say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, Whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Friends, that's great advice. You go to another church, always remember this. The teaching of the Bible is the teaching of the Bible, not a lot of junk. I went to a pastor's conference one time. I share this often. And the minister said, when you teach, teach the Bible. Somebody in the audience held up their hand and said, What else would you teach? And he said, a lot of junk. There's a lot of junk being taught. It's not balanced. Sometimes even if it is line upon line, the precept is missing. Isaiah said when we study the Bible, we study it line upon line, precept upon precept. Or here's the thing. We get the verse and then we get the application and the rest of the understanding behind it. You just don't want somebody to go through and show you as an example where Jesus was just a man. He was also God. But they can manipulate the scriptures to bring you down a bunny trail to make you believe that Jesus was not God. He was just somebody else. Or nobody at all. As we studied a few weeks ago in the book of John, it says they failed to honor the Son. Who fails to honor the Son's false religions? The Mormons teach Satan and Jesus are brothers. That's failing to honor the Son because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten Son. 
They get their idea based upon the book of Job, where the sons of God stood before the Father, and this is when the great accusation of Satan came concerning Job. But the sons of God there are not talking about the Son of God. They're talking about angels. In fact, even in the book of John, it says, to them gave he power to become the sons of God to as many as them that would believe on his name. So you're a son of God. You're a child of God. That's what it's talking about. It doesn't mean you're the third part of the Trinity. To the Muslims, God has no sons. They fail to honor the son. Middle Eastern religions, everybody is God's son. Whether you believe in God or not, we're all God's son. We're all in one thing, all together. Cuckoo-cachoo, we're all together. Buddha, Muhammad, uh, you know, uh, you know, Edward Casey, they're all greats. They fail to honor the son. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus was Michael the Archangel. He wasn't deity, he was just Michael the Archangel. They fail to honor the son. So know these things. That Jesus is that third part of the Godhead and that he came because he loved you and me. And that's why the Bible says he's glorified. He glorified the Father. Maybe not in man's eyes, but in God's eyes, because for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. God sent his son knowing he would die for us. The big question for every person listening is, did God's son die in vain? Did he die for you? Have you accepted that fact? Not just to acknowledge, oh yeah, I believe Jesus came to the earth and died for sinners, but did he come to save you? That's where and what makes the difference between a believer and a non-believer. So it's putting all your faith, hope, and trust in him. If you've never done that, you need to do that. We're going to pray. And you can lay an ax to the root of your past. You don't have to keep getting stoned and altered to live each day because you've got a God that wipes away the past, changes things. So if you've never received Christ, You want to repent. You don't want to live the way you've lived anymore. You need strength to live in him. Let's pray. Let's see what God will do. He'll change your life. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we ask you to forgive our sins. God, I ask you to forgive my sins. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. I want you to make me the best I can be. I want to hear your voice. I want to walk in your spirit. I want you to separate me from my past. I don't want to abide in the the past. I want to abide in you. I want to live in you. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me the best I can be for you. And thank you for eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. You prayed that. Welcome to God's family. All it took. You go, but don't I have to sign a pledge card or something or join a church? No. No, you're written in the Niamh's Book of Life now. That's the place you want to be. It's not what people think of you. It's what God thinks of you. 
They were scared to confess Jesus because they were concerned what people would think of them. Oh, don't ever let the world play that game with you. You'd be about your dad's business. No matter what comes, you're going to be the winner in the long run. You know, today is communion. And you know what's really strange about communion? Is it's the only physical thing that Jesus gave us to remember him by. Isn't that weird? He didn't say, like, wear a little cross around your neck. And if you have one, that's good. But he doesn't say, wear a cross around your neck. Or how about an 8 by 10 glossy in the back of the church? Or a bronze statue in the park or in the parking lot? He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. 1 Corinthians has got a lot of insight on communion. The Corinthian church was doing a lot of things wrong. Paul still called them brethren. But they had changed communion into a drunken party. And so Paul addresses them and says, you know, when you partake of the table unworthily, he said, this reason many are sick and dead among you, and people are always saying, well, I am, I'm examining myself to find out if I'm worthy. Friends, let me just clarify something. None of us are worthy. Jesus makes us worthy. What's unworthy is the way you perceive. If you look at the English and you look at where the verbs are, it's not talking about us being unworthy. It's partaking of the communion table in an unworthy fashion. In other words, oh, it's just juice and crackers. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, again, Peter said, by his stripes were healed. And when Jesus' body was broken for us, it's for our healing, Peter says. Most people recognize the cup, the blood of Jesus that covers us from our sins. Praise God for that. We're valuable to Christ. But God also provided a way for your memories as a believer, for your feelings, for your emotions, for your body to be healed. Otherwise, you'll find yourself getting altered to live with the stress. You see, that's why. And he said, for this reason, because people don't understand the spiritual, the medicinal purpose of communion, this reason many are sick and dead among you. Because it was just juice and crackers. Had nothing. But when you hold that in your hand, you realize Jesus died for me. And his body was broken so I could be healed. And there's this memory of this person that was mean to me. And God, every time I think about it, I just grip my teeth. And you feel that little pokey part of the broken bread. And you think, God, that's just like that. And you ask God, God, heal me so I won't hold these feelings in my heart. Or God, I had dreams when I was a child of things and and love and things like that. And I've been so abused and so taken advantage of through my life. I, I don't think I could ever love again. Think about the little sharp edges on that cracker. For this reason, Jesus' body was broken for you to be healed. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.